All right. Good morning. Thank you. This is probably uh, the first time I preach here, not sitting down, so we'll see how that works out. Um, I'm Jared. Welcome to Church Project. We're glad you're here. Uh, we are a church and we are a project. We're a gathering of people who uh, love Jesus and want to know and love him more. Uh, that really sounded very insincere, so, but it's true. I was trying to say uh, Aaron's little thing he always says, and I haven't memorized, but I think I could stumble through it, but it might take the next 15 minutes, and I'm hoping to be up here about eight, so we'll see. All right, I'm typically the gum guy. Uh, I'm not paid to do that, but I'm pretty good at it. Uh, my greeter, he's not here today, so I could pretty much say whatever I want, and our preacher is in Dubai, so he's not here either, and so I'm about eighth on the totem pole, and uh, so uh, it's been a fun morning this morning. My son pooped through a diaper, and then he uh, peed through a diaper somehow and got on me a little bit, and that stuff never dries, and then uh, he peed through it again, apparently, and so... Uh, We'll see how this thing goes. So, uh, anyways, thanks for coming, and I'm glad y'all are here, and I'm and I'm super glad to be here and to be able to uh, speak. Um, I don't get to do this a lot, and frankly, I don't really want to do it a lot. But uh, but I think it's it's uh, quite a it's it's an honor to be able to do this, and uh, and it's not exactly the my favorite thing to do and and truthfully this whole week I was kind of just wrestling with what am I going to say and I still am kind of wrestling with that so uh, I might just take a five minute breather and do a little more research pull out my phone or whatever but (laughs) but we're in Acts uh, 10 verses 44 through 48 It's in the back half of the other Bible, so that'll help you. All right, I'll go ahead and read it. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So, uh, let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thank you for your love. God, I pray that uh, uh, this would be an honoring time to you. And God, I pray that we would uh, uh, just fall in love with you more each minute of this. Father, thank you for my friends here. And God, thank you so much for uh, just blessing us with this church. Thank you for uh, just uh, hooking us up in so many amazing ways, God. And uh, I mean, thank you for letting us be free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So these five verses are pretty crazy. Uh, 
it's kind of a crazy little deal. Actually, I thought that Aaron pretty much preached about it all last week, so I was like, thanks, bro. And then he, for some reason, he texted me and told me, man, I set you up good. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to talk about, but maybe I wasn't listening good enough. I don't know. But these, these five verses are kind of the, uh, a neat little inning to a crazy little buildup. And that was all these Jews uh, were these chosen people. And uh, all these Jews uh, were kind of, I mean, they were, the, they were the it people. They were the, they were the, whatever you say, the cool people. I don't know. But uh, anyways, then all of a sudden, these outsiders got this crazy gift and this crazy miracle happened. They were speaking in tongues, and it was a crazy little time where all of a sudden, it wasn't just the Jews anymore. It opened up the option for, for the Gentiles, for us. And so, for one, I look at it and say, man, that's a pretty beautiful little thing for me, for a quarter Japanese, a quarter German, and a half a who knows what uh, that I am. And, and for all of us, because, I mean, truthfully, uh, there's probably not a lot of us, or actually probably all, I don't know. But I haven't done the little gene testing thing or whatever, but I don't know exactly where I'm from. But I don't think I'm Jewish. <laughs> However... However, I mean, this was quite, a, quite an experience. And then I kind of read it again, and then all of a sudden I think of myself as this five-year-old kid who in the back of a car asked Jesus in his heart. And, uh, and, and then I think, how, how crazy is that? Because uh, then I jump on the other side of this story, and at five, I grow up through the church, and then I become a Jew pretty much. Because I start looking at the kids on the swing set that are not going to our church and saying, why are they using our stuff? Or, or I grow up in the church and, and get a little judgmental. However, there's a lot of me that, that is good because of that. And I, I'm, I mean, my parents raised me good. And, uh, and I'm not going to act like I had this crazy upbringing that was full of trauma and stuff. However, I did pick up a few little pieces of judgment along the way, and a few little things where I kind of look and say, all right, th those outsiders, they don't understand, they're no good. And, uh, and I still have a little bit of prejudice, and, and conversely, my dad raised me to like, like the little guy, and, and so we had, I have a lot of friends, or I had a lot of friends that were a little bit weird or whatever, and for some reason, I kind of comfort felt comfort in that, and maybe that's because I'm a little weird, and, uh, but it's, but it was, so this, this story is kind of like, uh, all right, I'm not a Jew, but I'm a Jew, and it's confusing, confounding, and crazy, but, but at the same time, I love it, and so anyways, these verses, I was like terribly confused, and then all of a sudden, it hit me. I was, I was talking on Friday with a co-worker. Uh, he's, uh, he's a Chinese, uh, he's from China. Uh, he's, a, he's a Chinese, whatever you call it, citizen. And then we were talking about, uh, for some reason, faith came up. And uh, it was probably one of the weirdest conversations that I had because this guy's just out of college. He just graduated with his master's in accounting. And uh, I guess you could, I could be, be called his boss or something like that, but pretty much we're coworkers. 
and anyways, the, the topic of faith came up. And, uh, or not faith, but what we believe in. And then he shows me this video about this, some sort of atheist thing of what he believes. And we have this conversation. And uh, anyways, I, all, I was, all I was thinking about right at first when he said he was atheist is what ran through my mind is a Christian standing on a box with his ears plugged and a megaphone yelling how stupid they are. And an atheist standing on a box with his ears plugged and a megaphone saying how stupid the Christian is. And, and all of a sudden, we, this, it kind of changed my whole perspective on things. And I was like, for one, I don't want to be that person. And so he explained what his thoughts were. And then I explained kind of what, what my thing was. And it's pretty amazing when you start talking about your faith and how little... Uh, when you're comparing science and Christianity, there are some things that maybe you could prove, but there's a lot of stuff that's kind of crazy, like people raising from the dead and stuff. And, and at some point, it comes to a level of faith between uh, whatever the atheists believe, because, I mean, it takes faith to believe in nothing. Uh, and it takes faith to believe in a God. And we had this dialogue and then all I was thinking about, and it hit me, I'm like, man, I figured out what I'm preaching about. All these people that had, that had no right to become Christians, all of a sudden became Christians. And then I kind of look at it and say, those atheist people that I think hated on God, the, those people that, that chose to reject God, those people that decided to, in my mind and in my opinion, they decided to just, they, they know they have the option to, to trust Jesus, but they're going to turn their back on him. So I'm going to look bad, or I'm going to look down on him. But all of a sudden it hit me. And he's kind of talking about how growing up in China, they have no, or really religion is not a piece of anything. And so they kind of get raised up in this whole atheistic thought. And they don't know what they're here for. They're, they're here to live and uh, procreate and die out. And all, all it hit me was, that sucks. Uh, because all my preconceived notions, and there are people that hate God. There's people that, that want nothing to do with them and want to just slander everything about it and everything about it and everything about the call. However, there's a big group of people that have no idea what they're missing out on. And, and there's this, this whole notion that, um, that I had that these people were straight up just turning their back because they didn't have this background that I assume that they should have. Because they didn't have this background where they grew up in the church at five, they accepted Jesus after some compelling message, and then they were in Bible school for the rest of their life, getting all the gold stars, winning the Bibles, and all that stuff. And, and then at one point, they become a, a full-fledged Christian gum guy, or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty big in my world, but... But I, but I look at, 
I have no idea where I am, but um, but I think about that, and I look and I look at my buddy, and it makes and it breaks my heart. It also kind of messes me up thinking how little my heart gets broken in a day, because there's a lot of people that need Jesus. And, and a big thing that I think is, uh, that keeps me from it is I'm just not looking up. I'm distracted or I'm busy. Uh, I'm not really looking at it in the way that, that I should. I've been saved from a great, great debt. And, and I don't deserve it yet I'll gladly take it. And I don't want people, and I don't want us as a church to get comfortable with the idea that we got all we need and, and, and we do not need to do anything else. Because we have Jesus, and we have this hope, and we need to, to fight for it. And we need to get dirty with people and we need to be super loving with people and not, not sitting on a box yelling. I mean, maybe if that's what you want to do, but I don't think that really turns me off. But we need to be in it, and we need to ask questions. One of the things like in job interviews that I, that I kind of cling to is uh, pretty much I try to go into a job interview and say as few words as possible. And, there, and the way you do this is you ask them questions. Because the more that people talk about themselves, the more they feel better about this whole conversation. Because they're talking about, oh yeah, here's about me, here's about me. Then they leave and they have no idea what you're about. They see your resume, but man, I love that conversation. I'm hiring that person. I'm like five for five or something like that. Before that, I was probably over, but whatever. But we need to be those people that ask questions. Because a lot of times those questions bring more questions. And then all of a sudden, these questions cause a little void. And you know what that void is? That void is Jesus. And, and, but we got to get to that point where we can ask those questions. And so, I, I, I don't know, I think about my relationship with this, this guy. And he did, not, he did not accept Jesus in the office. He has, uh, actually, through uh, international students, he got hooked up with this friendship family. And so they meet up with him on a monthly basis or something like that. And so he's a little bit exposed to it. But one thing that it really encouraged me is to say, hey, Jared, you need to fight for those people. You need to fight for those people that, that have no hope. You need to love those people a lot that don't have what you have. Because it's worth it. And that's what we're called to do. And, and a lot of this kind of leads me to what does your life look like? What does your life look like on a day-to-day basis? Um, Strangely enough, in my reading, I was, I was uh, 
I was in Romans, which confuses me, but uh, I read a little sentence that kind of made sense, and it said, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. And so I asked, what does your life look like? Does your life look like something that would make the non-Christian envious? How do you live each day? What does it, what does it make you, uh, are you being a compelling liver? Are you being a good liver? Are you being someone that, that has a lot of salt, a lot of season, a lot of excitement, a lot of encouragement? And, uh, or are you, I think Aaron brought up last week, but are you busy doing this? Or are you busy going and grabbing your uh, dairy-free, egg-free, uh, almond-free food for your son? I mean, if people watch your day-to-day, would they want it? Would they want every piece of your life? Because, shoot, I could look good at house church, and I could look good on a Sunday morning handing out gum, but do they want to handle me in the morning when I'm making pancakes or I'm eating my toast, or do they want to handle me at night whenever I'm grumpy and whatever? What does your 100% of your day look like? And I think that's the big piece that, that I want uh, us as a group. Like, I love our church. I think we're actually pretty decent people. And I don't really look at, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say perfect, but the ones I know are pretty perfect, except me. But, but I want us to be a place that is so tasty and that is so life-giving and is so encouraging that people can't stand but but stay here. And they can't stand but come. And you know that if you ask a non-Christian friend to come, they are going to feel invited and loved and encouraged and not judged. And they're going to know the way to hope. And that's what, I, that's what I'm super pumped about. And I, and I want everyone to join me in this. And so the, the last piece of it They asked Peter to stay with them for a long or for a while, and this is a part in me that is super exciting, as well. Um, we gotta share life with each other. We need to be be those people that, when you're a salty, I mean, I guess salty is kind of a bad thing a little bit, but tasty. We'll we'll call people tasty or something like, or. Ugh. <laughs> not spicy <laughs> but uh, whatever salty I'll, I'll keep using that but I think people people are drawn to people that have good flavor uh, salt whatever people are drawn to good people and people are drawn to love and people are drawn to encouragement and people are drawn to the love of Jesus and so I look at it and say, all right, we need to be, for one, sticky people that people love to be a part of. But then I also say, we need to be these people that 
that want to hang out with other Christians as well. And I love that, I didn't go this morning, but there was a little basketball game at 7, to, and then they also set up the chairs. But how cool is that to have a group of guys, or I think it was mainly, or all guys, coming and, and playing basketball, doing what they like, hanging out, encouraging each other, and then also blessing our church by, by spending some time setting up the chairs. We got to do stuff that we like doing, and we got to do stuff together, and be, uh, we got to be a community that, that's fun, that's exciting, and that, and that does stuff. And so that's, I mean, that's super encouraging. And so I would say, whatever you like to do, try to draw people in with you doing that stuff. Whether it's drinking coffee or shooting things or paintballing each other or whatever. We got to be a part. Uh, we need to make sure that people are a part of our lives. And also, this whole deal about wanting Peter to stay, we got to make sure we're a part of a house church. Um, our house church is pretty cool. Uh, and I think all the other, or I've been a part of one other one, and I know that one's pretty cool. And then there's a couple others, and I'm assuming they're pretty cool too because they're still existing, I think. <laughs> but how beautiful is that sharing of life together? Um, I have to, I, need, I mean, I need to brag a little bit about our house church because. We look like, from the outside, we look like a pretty dang good group of people. That pretty much everyone seems like they have it all figured out. But when it comes to the time for the prayer request, that's when like your heart is broken. Because you realize that there is a lot of life happening. And how honored am I to be able to hear what people's struggles are. And, and what sort of uh, big task it is that they're laying these, these burdens and stuff out. And, uh, and how big of a responsibility that is to remember to pray for people. The, the first people that we should want in our life and to share our burdens with are our fellow Christians. And we need these relationships to then to be able to be encouraged and then to go out and love people well. Whether that's Christian, whether that's non-Christian, atheist, uh, black, white, whatever, gay, straight. We got to make sure we love people well. And we have to be willing to commit time with people. We have to be willing to get our hands dirty, you might say. But truthfully, I think God has made it kind of easy on us as long as we're willing to say whatever he's prompting in us. And if he's not prompting something, don't force it. But just love people. <clears throat> I mean, I want to encourage everyone here to be... I mean, we have a huge hope in Jesus. And we have all we need. And I love Jeremy's song that he has, the, the I Have It All song. But it's so true. Because a lot of times we could get down on ourselves and we could say, all right, we're, we have issues in this or that or whatever. But in Jesus, we have it all. 
And I think what, what that should turn into is a fierce love for people. Uh, one that sacrifices themselves, one that sacrifices their own time, one that sacrifices um, everything. And I think that if, if we take that, and we take that excitement and that love, I think this whole gym could be filled. And if we are latching on with people, hugging people, crying with people, laughing with people, there will be some crazy movement in Greeley. And I don't think that Greeley is, uh, is immune from Jesus coming and just straight up uh, taking over this place. And I think we should all have a desire and a love for Greeley, for this city. And that this place would be a place, it would be a beacon of hope. And that all the churches would be filled with love. And not just the Christians that are getting their fill of stuff, but the Gentiles as well. And not just the people that, are, that have been Christians since they were five. But everybody. And my goal is that we have so many stories of a Chinese dude that you work with that comes to know Jesus. And uh, because there would be so much life in that. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's crazy. Thinking how God has blessed each of us with a life to serve him. And he blessed me with that conversation the other day. Um, that it didn't matter what the whole message was about. Because I had my eyes, uh, I was confused and all that, but I had my eyes and ears kind of ready for what God had for me. And that was to realize that there's not just haters and lovers of Jesus. Some of them are in the middle, and you gotta, and we got to be the ones that bring them in. And we got to be the ones that compel. So anyways, I would encourage you all to uh, um, uh, be committed to Jesus. To be committed to this church or whatever church you guys are a part of. To, uh, I mean, we, I'm a money guy, so we got to make sure we're giving. We got to make sure that we're giving of our time. We got to make sure that we're um, spending time with people. Man, I'm so proud of this church, and I'm so proud of where we've become, or who, who we've become. I'm so proud of all the people, and I'm so proud of just seeing, like, the life that happens. And I want to see more. I want to see us become a place of love, and a place that no one can... Um, can get away from because they're just so compelled. I want to see a church project. I want to see all the churches be full of people. And I want to see Christians uh, take over the United States and the world by, by love. And so that's kind of my whole deal um, 
Let's pray, and then Weston will do some communion stuff. <laughs> God, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for um, just blessing me with the opportunity to uh, uh, talk with uh, my coworker. God, I pray that you would help us to um, honor you in every facet of our life, God. Father, I pray that we would um, trust you in everything. Father, whether our life is bad or good or whatever, that we would just trust that that you're going to do some great things in us. Father, I pray for, um, and I pray for our house church and for all the uh, prayer requests and stuff in that. I pray for all the people's prayer requests. Father, I pray that you would heal us uh, as a church and that uh, you would uh, uh, do some beautiful things. Father, I pray for uh, that uh, Jeremy and Brittany would get pregnant. Father, I pray that Bing would come to know you. And I pray that our church becomes a place of love. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.